What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate, it's a history. For Ashley, a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. Hello. Hello. Hi, Kate. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Oh, I'm great here on on the Mad Women podcast. <laughs> I feel mad. I feel glad. Do you feel like a woman? Man. Man. I feel like a woman. Come on, girl. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. How you feeling? I'm good. I feel like my voice is much huskier than normal. Ooh. Because I lost it yelling at children. Mm. <laughs> Your children or other people's? Other people's children. School started this week. Nice. Brand new school, brand new mm-hmm. children. Yeah. And they got to learn. They do. My past children uh-huh. knew already Yeah. that I'll give you the business. Okay. There was a group of fifth graders this week that I had to give the business. <laughs> you know, as a teacher, when you said they got to learn, at first I thought, like, yeah, <laughs> they do need to learn. That's why they're interested to you. But no, they just need to learn. They need to learn. You go learn they're today. They're going to learn. <laughs> well, I'm glad they have someone like you to teach them. <laughs> I uh, I had to deal with children, but I work in a library, so it was a lot of low speaking. Mm, yeah, there yeah. was much yelling. We were in the library. Oh. I just was still yelling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Library's just four walls, man. You know, that is very profound. <laughs> Thank you. You're right. I uh, write poetry on my breaks. <laughs> About the life of a librarian. I love it. One um, of the walls in my library is curved. What? Does that change anything? I mean, my library is literally like a big V. Oh, <laughs> so dang, that's sexy. It does not have, it is not a four-walled library at all. <laughs> and it is sexy as fuck. <laughs> Très sexy. Très sexy. Mm-hmm. is isn't any language. So, <clears throat> it's been a minute since we recorded. With NPR, with Sam Sanders. And I'd like to say that, you know, we waited for a very specific day. We did. We and I'm going to say that. For September 4th. Yeah, that's right. Listen, it's our day. I don't think people understand how carefully yes. we set our recording schedule. It has been chiseled in stone. It is not arbitrary. It no. certainly is not because we are either busy mm-hmm. or distracted with other life events. Yeah. Those do keep happening, though. They, But that is just happenstance. That's right. The recording schedule is still set yeah. as it is. Exactly. And life revolves around it, not the other way around. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's why, you know, we've been able to be a little more lazy daysical. <laughs> Due to our concrete recording schedule. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to be lazy daysical. Lazy daysical with Sam Sanders. <laughs> All right, so today we're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 9, We Small Hours. That song has been stuck in my head since I saw the name of this ep. I do not know what song you're referring to. Really? Please. In the wee small hours of the morning, while the whole wide world is fast asleep. I forget who sings it. 
I'll mm. something, something, and dream about the day, and never ever think of counting sheep. <laughs> That's amazing. I... I don't know who it's by, but I've known it for a very long time. Um, I'm going to just assume it's by you. By Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra? Yeah, in the wee small hours by Frank Sinatra. Here's why I know that. Uh-huh. My mom's brother, otherwise known as my uncle, mm-hmm. is a big Sinatra head. Is he? Yeah, my mom kind is of is, too. He might be. He's British, though. So. They have... Have you ever seen Snatch? They've I do. Mafia. I love Snatch. It's so good. It's so good. Didn't he... T- oh, he came out with The Gentleman with... Uh, Guy, is it Guy, Guy Ritchie? Ritchie. Mm-hmm. It's Matthew McConaughey. We movie. saw it together, didn't we? Yeah, that's what we, we saw did. on my birthday. That's what we saw on your birthday. It was so long ago. It now. was so long. It was so good. February first, twenty twenty. We Gosh. saw that movie in the theater. You remember that? I do. It was really that good. That might have been the last movie I saw in the theater. I haven't been back, mm. and I don't go to movies much. That was the last one I saw in the theater until I saw In the Heights mm. a month or so ago. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, it must be nice. <laughs> so that was a beautiful song. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. And it is a beautiful song. You should listen to it sometime. Um, maybe I will. But you're getting ahead of yourself, Catherine. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to find out something. Oh. <laughs> I was not prepared. <laughs> Hang on. Reset. <laughs> Ashley predicted. Ashley predicted for season three, episode nine. That Henry Francis would be snooping about. Mm. He would be pe- peeking his head into Lincoln's, leading oh. with his lips, well. smooching all sorts of people and getting beaten up a lot, but that would not stop him. <laughs> Betty would start snooping around a travel agency, the only travel agency in Austining, looking for excuses to get out of town, trying to make more bad judgment calls to motivate her to flee. Mm. We follow Don in various Hilton hotel rooms, and we see all the ladies he's amassing. When he gets too many ladies in one city, like Dallas, he has to run away. <laughs> I write these differently when I type them versus when I have to long form. No. Baby Jean starts being a little evil. He bites and draws blood despite mm. not having teeth. He goes, chomp, chomp, and people go and bleed. <laughs> People ask how, and he says, Brr, and they understand square heads. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Pete cannot go anywhere without Trudy. He stands next to him at the toilet. She follows him to work. She's standing back while he's hit with ketchup-filled water balloons. And when asked, he says, Germany. And people just get it. <laughs> Joan becomes the manager of the Kingdom of Handbags. And the lingo is... Trudy. Mm. So all right. those were all exactly right. They were. Yes. Getting to season three, mm-hmm. episode nine. In the wee small hours. Wee small hours. The synopsis provided by IMDB <laughs> is very useful. Don and Sal both have difficulty giving the clients what they want. Oh, damn. And Betty hosts a fundraiser. All right. You know what? That All those things are true. It's all true. So we start off... You know, everything is in the dark in this entire episode. And we start off where Betty is reclining on her chaise lounge. Now, she looks like she's wearing the same dress Uh that she was wearing before when she was having 
when it was like all the flashback, flash forward mm. situations. I don't know for sure that it's the same dress, but that's what it looked like to me. I see no reason to argue with it. All right, it. great. It does, it did seem that way too. Okay. To me. It was really dreamy music and she's fantasizing about like a faceless Henry. Like Some man just rubbing up on her titties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I wrote, I literally wrote, man rubbing up on her titties. Yep. That's, that's what was happening. Yeah. And that's kind of how I knew it was a fantasy of some sort. Yeah. But she wakes up and the phone's ringing and the baby Jean is screaming. And it's Connie calling. Oh, Connie. This fucking guy. I get real annoyed at Connie throughout this whole episode. He's kind of annoying in this episode. He's real annoying. If someone called me in the middle of the night all the time, I would be like, uh, you can keep your hotels. Right. All the t- Don says the baby wakes up every, every three hours. Uh-huh. Connie only calls every four. Yeah. Are you kidding me, Conrad Hilton? That is insane. I don't care that you're Conrad Hilton. Go the I fuck don't away. Either. Like, Take an Ambien. Take a fucking Ambien. And, like, of. chill out. Take some barbiturates. Or just, like, do sleep. anything other than talk about work. Watch he TV, can. Connie. It's All his right. calling, as we find out. Well, he had a revelation that New York City is not a domestic destination like Dallas. And it's more like he wants it to be a business destination. Mm. So... He wants Don to earn his international business. And Don takes notes and he humors Collie, but you, Collie, <laughs> Connie, but you can tell he's like really annoyed by him. Yes. And Connie says, it may sound like pride, but I want Hilton's all over the world like missions. I want Hilton's on the moon. That's where we're headed. America is wherever we look and wherever we're going to be. And Don tells him that's a good line and Connie's like well you're the one who told it to me yeah that's your line because I guess it's not that memorable mm-hmm. but also what their phone that he's on yeah is adorable oh, and tell me about it. teal oh and matches their teal headboard oh my god yeah that was just a little note I had in here that it was very cute I you know Betty does not quit when it comes to homemaking. I mean, no. Of course their bedside phone matches their mm-hmm. bed. <laughs> it was adorable. I wonder, like, how the bed has changed since the series began. Like, it I haven't hasn't. really been clocking it. It hasn't? Well, I don't know about the bedding, but the headboard has remained the same. It has been that one for Yeah, because I noticed it in the beginning because it's teal. Yeah. And adorable. Your heart and will tufted. always go there. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, velvety or whatever. And <laughs> Lovely. So once he's off the phone, Betty is breastfeeding Jean. No, she's not. She's not? She's got a bottle. Oh. She has never breastfed that baby. Oh, okay. In the hospital, they asked if they were if she was going to breastfeed, and she said no. Okay, I'd forgotten about that. She's not giving up them perfect titties Mm-mm. that fantasy man is rubbing up on for no baby. <laughs> That's right. Mm-mm. Doesn't matter what time of day it is. Mm-mm. Nope. All right. Baby Jean had a bottle. (laughs) Um, But she is feeding Jean. Yes. And she tells him, you want what you want, when you want it, no matter what it does to the rest of us, like someone else I know. Mm -hmm. And Don is like, you know what? I'm just going to go to work right now, (laughs) even though it's 4 a.m. And who does he see? Well, he gets in the car and he's driving and there's a woman with dark hair Uh jogging. Now, we've said this before, but I'm going to reiterate. Don is just Ron Swanson. (laughs) He just likes pretty dark-haired women who cook breakfast foods. He really, really does. I mean, all of these bonus ladies have been brunettes. (laughs) He does love a bonus brunette. Although, was the one... No, the one in California was not brunette. 
Was she? That really young girl? She, she was, was mousy brown. Was she? I can't remember. She was definitely not the same type of okay. the rest of his. She wasn't blonde blonde because what's her name was blonde. The woman, Anna. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blonde. Yeah, the other Betty's Mrs. Blonde. Draper. Exactly. Right. But yeah, she, he and like, did he know it was Miss Farrell before? Or yeah. was he just... Okay. Well, I mean, I think once... Like, once he see, I knew immediately once we saw a woman oh. running that it was Miss Farrell. That's probably what they intended us to think. Because the reason I knew this was yeah. because when they were doing the, um, whatchamacallit, the, the eclipse, eclipse. Yeah. Chauncey, or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Chauncey's the dog. Carlton's the Carlton. <laughs> Carlton was like, I go running and I see her running, but yeah. we don't talk to each other because you don't do that. Yeah. So when I saw her running, uh-huh. I was like, oh, clearly this is yeah. that teacher because she's a runner. But Don doesn't follow that rule, does he? He's no. a driver. He's he... like, what you doing out here late at night? She yeah. says, well, it's cool and it's quiet. Nobody bothers me. He's like, you're wrong, bitch. <laughs> I've proven your hypothesis incorrect. <laughs> yeah, he insists on giving her a ride. And when they're in the car, they're listening to a radio broadcast of the I Have a Dream speech by Martin Luther King, which had taken place the day before, which if my memory serves me based on something I read (laughs) minutes ago, not just like general my (laughs) knowledge, was I think August 28th, 1963. So they listen to the speech. The last thing that you hear the radio person say was like, Two young women were brutally murdered. In like, the Upper East Side. Yeah. Well, because he goes to turn it off, and mm-hmm. the teacher says, no, don't. I want to listen to oh, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she starts saying, you know, when school starts, I'm going to read this to the kids on the first day. Do you think they'll understand it? And she says, they already know it. It would just be nice to hear an adult say it. Who are you? <laughs> Dumb or pure? I didn't write any more of that. Yeah. I didn't. I don't like Dawn and this woman. I don't either. She's it doesn't just make like any some sense. some random woman like she's not it doesn't make any sense and also don you know better and she even tries to say at the end like bitch i'm not like the normal girls that you just Mm -hmm. bone yeah who are in the city not two blocks from your house right it's (sighs) foolish so it's shenanigans it's shenanigans and don's up to them because he's like overworked or whatever Mm -hmm. and his wife is you know thinking about some other guy so he invites her to coffee, but she blows him off. And then there's like a cool turn between scenes where he like turns his car on and like the roar of the engine turns into like a thunder. There's a couple of those cool transitions yeah. in this ep. Well, I liked that one. That was, that was a cool one. Well, yeah. but first she says, drop me off here. Mm-hmm. And he says, ooh, that's a nice house. And mm-hmm. she says, well, I rent an apartment over the garage. Right. So now he knows where she lives. Exactly she where she lives. pointed out yes. her home. Not only... The home, but uh-huh. which part of the home yeah. that she lives in. And how easy it is to get to it Yes, without anyone else really knowing. Right. Well, when we're at the office and it's pouring rain outside, uh, Don's secretary, Allison, is putting like something on his desk. Mm-hmm. And then we see he's actually behind her on the sofa and says good morning. And she like freaks out. She freaks out. Which is reasonable yeah oh yeah i would have also freaked out because mm-hmm. it's super early she's not expecting yeah. him to be there she didn't see yeah. him come in he clearly went uh-huh. in at five in the morning yeah and just laid down on the couch right but so i had, would also be startled he had used the dictaphone 
for something. Oh. Because he tells her, like, I think he wants her to transcribe whatever his notes are. Right, right, right. He had, she says that he'd already gotten two calls from Connie. And yeah. uh, he still wants that coffee. He's just really chasing after coffee in the first yeah. few scenes of this yeah. episode. Yeah. So we see Carla coming into the house. She's bringing in the paper, which usually Mr. Draper does, yeah. but he's gone. He went in early today. Yeah. And Sally, who's a big dum-dum, wants to go outside. <laughs> he was yeah. clearly, like, storming it's outside. Boring. Like, can we go play outside, Mom? <laughs> but he's like, you little idiot. You're so stupid. <laughs> Why are you so dumb and fat? <laughs> You're so dumb and fat. You're never going <laughs> to land a man. Oh, my God. Jeez, Sally. So Betty looks at the New York Times, and it says that Rockefeller is likely not to be the Republican nominee for president. Yes. And she's like, <laughs> she's, she's such a little baby all the well, time. It makes her think about Henry Francis. It does. Because he works for Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. And she goes to write him a, a little letter. Mm-hmm. But did you notice? Betty is left-handed. <gasps> I didn't notice that. She is left-handed, which explains... So much. <laughs> Tell me what it explains. Well, nothing really. I don't okay. know. But I just wanted to be like, that's why yeah. you're a weirdo, yeah. Betty. Because we're right-handed bitches. Exactly. Yeah. Those left-handies. Watch out for them. You know there's something wrong with them. Right? Every one of them. Right? <laughs> it's not true. But also, her handwriting is yeah. so beautiful. It is. Which I feel is mm, not as common anymore. Oh, definitely. To not. have handwriting that precise and beautiful. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if, just like you would have like a dialect coach mm-hmm. or whatever, I wonder if she had a handwriting coach for these scenes. Oh. Somebody to like really teach oh, her how I'm to do sure. that like old school cursive. Yes. Because I'm sure that Betty Hofstadt was trained. Oh, in yeah. Betty Hofstadt has amazing yeah. pen- penmanship. So, January Jones, left handed bitch, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> January Jones had to be taught not to just like hold it in her fist mm-hmm. like a crayon that's right. not true i'm sure she's lit- literate <laughs> i'm sure left-handed people are fine but it's a very sneaky note because it just, is henry does anybody else read this b yeah Oof. secret secrets very sneaky yes and then we turn to peggy presenting ideas to don about hilton and Don doesn't like anything. <laughs> oh, no. He's crabby. He's so grumpy. Yeah. He literally has a scowl on his face. He's so mad. This whole scene. Yeah. He doesn't like anything that she does, even though, and it's like the tagline's flat, and Betty says, it's yours. And Don says, that doesn't make it good. If it's flat, don't use it. Right. And then Don says, the tagline, go, we'll meet you anywhere. No, Kurt. Sorry. The foreign uh, one. Yes. And then Don says, now that I can finally understand you, I'm impressed, I'm less less impressed impressed. with what you have to say. (laughs) Oh, man. And he tells them to, like, keep giving me more ideas so that I can reject them. Yeah. I can't can't do this this all by myself. Like, but you're the one who's not letting anyone else talk to Hilton. Exactly. Literally, you're trying to do this all by yourself. Yeah. And now you're grumpy. You're just grumpy. And, like... Peggy and he make eye contact, and he just glares at Peggy so hard as she's walking out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of yeah. Don Peggy eyes happening mm-hmm. in this app. So then we see Pete Campbell and a Mr. Lee Garner Jr. Mm-hmm. Who is your My cousin. cousin. Yeah. I never know when 
what actual episode he's coming in. <laughs> so it's always fun. Um, is this the last we see of him? It is not. Oh, damn. All right. Spoiler alert. It is not. All right. Uh, listener, uh, Ashley was watching this before me and she just texted, your cousin is in it. <laughs> and I said, wow. And then I remembered what the second episode that he is in like what happens and then i just texted back no more talking (laughs) because like i don't remember which episode but i know what happens in Mm -hmm. each of the episodes he's in Mm -hmm. because he is a villain so he is at this point bullying pete into smoking a cigarette yeah and pete's like i'm telling you it's bad for me and he's like what's that supposed to mean (laughs) he's never heard of this before and He lights it, uh, Lee lights Pete's cigarette. Pete takes like half of a puff. And coughs for 90 minutes. He is coughing the entirety of the rest of this scene. It is amazing. (laughs) Like hacking. He is dying. (laughs) Which I would do the same if I smoked half. Sure. And I've grown up around cigarettes, Mm -hmm. much to my chagrin. Mm -hmm. My mother smoked around me my entire life, including in utero. Oh, man. Um... But still, if I took half uh-huh. a drag, I'd be... <laughs> yeah, because it's different, I'm guessing, when you're, like, inhaling yeah. directly. But Pete, you know, he's also a very sensitive boy. He is. He's so, a little baby. they're at a shoot for a Lucky Strike ad. A commercial. A commercial. So it's very dark, just mm-hmm. like everything else in this episode is. And Sal and Lee are getting on like gangbusters. Oh, yeah. Sal's the director of the commercial... Because that's what he does now. Yeah. After Don told him, you're the head of commercials. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how can I trust you? And you're like, you trust me when you direct another commercial. That's right. Now here he is. Yeah, I guess he's trusting him to yeah. a point. And Lee, like, just doesn't understand how this commercial is supposed to, like, what the point of it is. He's right. just like, what's he looking at? And Sal explains that he's looking just at the horizon. And so then we actually get to see what this ad is. Because mm-hmm. Lee makes a real funny face and puts his eye to the camera so that he can like see the frame. And it's just like some dude dressed like a longshoreman Mm -hmm. walks into the frame, takes a drag of the cigarette and then just, you know, staring out into the horizon. And Lee says, I just don't know what he's looking at. I want him staring right at us at the end. Sal is like, like, we don't do that. That's weird. This is, it's how it works. And then Lee asks Harry what he thinks. And Harry is such a spineless coward. Yep. He literally says, I think you're the client and we should do what you want. And meanwhile, Pete is hacking up a lung. Oh, yeah. The entire time. All you hear in the background is him hacking his whole body away. He is dying. He needs Trudy. (laughs) And Sal tells Lee that staring into the camera can make people very uncomfortable. But guess what? Lee says, Walter Cronkite does it every night. Let's take a risk together, shall we? Oh, damn. Very suggestive. Damn, Lee Garner Jr. And Sal is like, let's do it. And as we, they're like getting set to shoot it again, mm-hmm. Pete is holding his collar open in front of a fan and just like his face <laughs> looks so pained and then he coughs again. Like it is just top to bottom. It's very silly. So it's dark again. Don is driving his car. Looking for running women. Yes, he's he slows down around Suzanne's house mm-hmm. and speeds off. Mm-hmm. What do we hear on the radio? The radio, they say it's Wednesday, September 4th. What? Today is yes, September today. 4th. See, listener. Yeah. 
It's all for a good reason. This is what we did it for. We, we had to make it September 4th. Could we have done it August 28th? No. No. Because nobody actually says the word. That's right. It's August 28th. And also that was the day before. That would have been August 29th. See. We also didn't do it that day. Exactly. <laughs> We're back at the house in Ossetting. The kids are walking into the kitchen. I noticed... I don't know that I've noticed it before. There's like a display of souvenir spoons next oh, to the front door. Oh, I have not noticed that. Yeah. Did anyone in your life collect spoons? Well, not in my life. Justin's mom apparently yeah. collected spoons. We were down in the basement the other day looking through pictures and things. Uh-huh. And there were all these old cool spoons. Okay. Um, I think my mom had some, but mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't like a thing. Yeah. My grandmother, my dad's mom had a spoon collection and it looked like very much like the the one at the on the draper's wall mm-hmm. i noticed that there's like was it in a case or is it I, on the wall so it's it's like a a wooden kind of stylized backing i know i think my grandmother's did have like a glass front mm-hmm. but there's it's just rows of little slots to yeah. hang the spoon in yeah. and of course they're like weirdly shaped spoons right. they're not like normal spoons and I always remember my grandmother's being like pretty full because mm. it's the kind of thing that she had spent years, decades probably accumulating and people like going out places and right. bringing them back to her. Right. The Draper's was like half empty. And I was thinking, well, you know, oh, it younger. was getting started. Yeah, that's yeah. a really cute detail. Yeah, I thought it was neat. Um, and that's I, cute. I didn't expect to <laughs> have any feelings about it, but yeah. it was just nice. I love a nice little collection. I I used to collect various different things. My newest collection, and I haven't really added to it in a while, mm-hmm. but is unique salt and pepper shakers. Okay. I really like a fun salt and pepper shaker. Yeah. Yeah, I have flamingos okay. that magnetize their little faces together. Mm-hmm. I have elephants where their trunks intertwine. Oh my gosh. I have beer steins. Okay. I have really cool light bulbs. Okay. Because uh, they, really like, fun. actually were light bulbs, or, or they look like... They look like... I mean, they're little. Yeah. They look like light okay. bulbs. And then the metal part, and they're, like, standing up on the bulb. Yeah. And then the metal part is where mm-hmm. it shakes out, and that's the part you it. unscrew. It's beautiful. That's cute. Do you use a lot of salt and pepper? Never from the salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> you just, like, uh, have some drying seaweed that you... Well, I use salt on? and pepper in my cooking. Yeah. But I have, like, a big crock... Of uh-huh. salt that I pinch in, and then I've got my okay. pepper grinder. Wow. Yeah. So you're, you're saying you're too good for the salt and pepper that comes out of salt and pepper shakers. It's not that I'm too good. It's that a well-cooked meal does not require <laughs> salt and pepper shakers. I know. I, I'm playing with you. I All have right. like five different kinds of salts in the <laughs> kitchen. Yeah, I, I just think yeah. the salt and pepper shakers are cute. It's very cute because there's a lot of opportunity for pairings right. and things. So Publix, where shopping is a pleasure, <laughs> is the grocery store in the southeast that I'm very much in love with and miss dearly. Mm-hmm. And they used to have ads that ran on around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember all of it, except for it was like, you know, a Norman Rockwell style Thanksgiving mm. setting. But the salt and pepper shakers were like little pilgrims, oh, man and woman. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And they were like, they're animated somehow in the ad okay. but they actually sell those salt and pepper shakers at cute. Publix and I think I I think I ended up getting a pair that's cute that's a that's a good that's a good thing to collect I yeah. think oh hi. hi cat 
Okay. <laughs> Ferris would also like some salt and pepper. <laughs> the kids walk into the kitchen. Yeah. There are spoons. There are spoons. Sally really needs a pencil case. She really needs one. Because much like where we are right now, it's the first day it's of school. It's the first day of school. And Betty would totally be a Pinterest mom now because she said that she wished that she'd found the camera because she wanted to take a picture of them at the beginning of the day and one at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. Have you ever seen those? Have you ever seen the... <laughs> I love these collections of like uh-huh. getting on the bus and yeah. getting off the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially kids' hair. Like, like little girls' and... hair uh-huh. just, you know, so beautifully yeah. braided and then just mm-hmm. everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Because it took a lot of work to get their hair that way. And the kid wasn't the one doing it. Right. Or giving a shit about it. Right. Well, and it just shows what a crazy Mm -hmm. day they had. It's very cute. It's very cute. Betty is distracted by a certain piece of mail that arrived Mm. without a return address. Mm. Even though the baby's crying, Carla's like, you know what? I'm just going to head over there and take care of this baby. So... The letter says, Betty, you asked me if anyone reads my mail. Not anymore. H. Damn. Damn. Now, how did he know it was from Betty? She just signed it B. Hmm. I guess she took a chance. Although she did put a return. She was pulling out a little sticker. She did put a return address She put a return address so he would know where to send. Yeah, there's a flaw in her little system. Mm -hmm. If someone had read that, Mm -hmm. they would have known. Ooh. Do you think the person who reads it was Elsa Kittredge? Ooh. I don't know that no. she was higher up than that. She was higher up. It would it would have been his secretary who we see. That's true. And the secretary was not Elsa Kittredge. All right. But that, that was I liked your little That would have been really It would have explained a little bit of her later. Yes. <laughs> anyway, she's happy about this uh and she puts it in her purse. In her purse. She tucks it away. Yeah. And then she just looks at her kids, which she spends a lot of the time doing. Yeah. And Sally just really wants a pencil case. She wants that goddamn pencil case. She's got to put it in her loose leaf. Is that like a binder? I think so. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. Loose leaf paper. Yeah. All a right. Loose leaf binder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Huh? <laughs> ah. Okay. All right. Then we get to... The scene. The scene that made people really hate my cousin. Yes. (laughs) So Lee and Sal are looking over the shoulder of some dude who's working on film in a dark room. Yes. He's an editor, film editor. Indeed he is. And Sal's kind of like bitching about the quality and the the guy's like, well, clients aren't supposed to see it right now. Right. (laughs) Like. We're still editing, Sal. finished. But Lee is just fascinated by the process. Oh, yeah. He's just got to see how it's, the sausage is made. Yeah. But he's not going to get into... <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> he's not going to get into movies as long as his father's alive. No. Nope. And uh, the sound guy goes off to some other room. And then Lee starts telling Sal, you know, just forget about the what I said about my dad. I ha- had a long, wet lunch, which yeah. is the worst thing three f- it's really gross in existence <laughs> and he walks up behind sal and he's like yeah secretaries nowadays they don't give you much of a choice you know kind of feeling him out about like how how manly are you yeah and sal says i don't have a secretary and it seemed like sal was getting heated 
but also that he was caught by surprise. I couldn't really tell what Sal was doing here. Yeah. Sal feels uncomfortable. Yeah. I think he's uncomfortable with all of this. Everybody's a little mm-hmm. uncomfortable around Lee Garner Jr. That's really true. Because he's a dick. He is. He's unpredictable. He's unpredictable. He's, he's kind of mean. Harry yeah. even says that later. And like, Sal's an art guy. He's not supposed to be dealing with one of the most important clients right. one-on-one. Right. Yeah, that's true. Right. So he's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then he's talking all this stuff about stupid secretaries. Yeah. And Sal's like, I wouldn't be doing that even if I was doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even if I had a secretary, I wouldn't be stooping her. I w- he would not be stooping her. No. He says that. He does. It's a direct quote. <laughs> even if I had a secretary, I would not be stooping her. That's how he said it. But uh, Lee, he puts his head over the shoulder the same way they had it over the other guy before. Right. Looking but, at the commercial. And then he puts his hands on his body. Woo! It's like... Starts rubbing all up on him. Rubbing all up on his titties. Is that <laughs> the same thing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and Lee's like, come on. He's not coming back for a while. I'll lock the door. And Sal is first says, well, I'm married. Right. Lee Garner Jr. says, so am I. Me too. And uh, he says, there's been a misunderstanding. And Lee, like, looks at him like, you must be joking, right? I know what I know. Uh But Sal turns on the light, does not make eye contact with him, puts his hands over his crotch, (laughs) says, you can see it tomorrow. Yeah. Later. And Lee leaves, just saying, you know, I get it, you're at work. It's too bad. And when he opens the office door, I was surprised that they were just, like, in Sterling Cooper. Yeah. Like, during the day. Yeah. Because it's just, like, a busy office right outside yeah. that door, which is very stressful. Yeah. And uh, Sal throws a bunch of film against the wall. Oh, yeah. He starts to cry and just yeah. whips a bunch of film cans at the wall. What do you think he's thinking? Well, he's pissed. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, there's lots of things going on here, right? Part of him probably does want to get freaky with Mm -hmm. Lee Garner Jr. Yeah. Because even though he's a dick and kind of weird, he's cute. Oh, yeah. Sorry, your cousin's cute. Hey, I won't deny it. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Sal probably doesn't get many opportunities. Right, just like coming up to him like that. Right. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. he's at work. Yeah. That is a lot on the line. Yeah. In, literally in the office. Yeah. To be rubbing all up on somebody, and uh-huh. as we f- soon find out, if anything goes awry mm-hmm. with this situation, he's the one who's going to catch the heat. Definitely. So, yeah, yeah, you can't just be rubbing all up on Sal like that. You can't that. be rubbing up on Sal like taking that. Taking advantage. That's what he's Lee doing. Lee Carter Jr. taking advantage he's of Sal. He's a bully. He is a bully. Lee Carter Jr., what the hell? Come on, Kate's cousin. Come on, Kate's cousin. Come on, cousin Darren. <laughs> <laughs> good. Did you have any expectation that Lee Garner Jr. was going to hit on Sal? No. Yeah. Not until it happened. Yeah. What no. Kind of- this is exciting. It was interesting. It's, this is a good app. Yeah. A good app. So Sally and Bobby are watching TV in the dark. Yep. Laying on the floor. Sally's doing homework. Probably, you know, not using a pencil case. <laughs> and we hear voiceover of Betty... Writing the letter yes, to Henry. Writing her next letter. And we hear that she wants to tell someone her thoughts. Well, this is a love-ass letter. And she's been thinking about him. 
Do you, can you imagine? We've only met three times. Only three times. Isn't that wild? It's wild. And how? All right. So it was at the, at the party. Party. At she's the met town more than three times. And at the bakery. Well, I guess it is only three times. Not in that order. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At the party. Yeah. At the bakery. At the town hall. And he's really made an impression. With his lips. Yep. And when Don comes home, he finds her asleep with the New York Times and a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. Classic Betty. In the wee small hours, Harry and Paul are watching a Clorox ad. Oh, that's his name. I just wrote Beard. (laughs) That's fair. Harry and Beard. Paul Kinsey. There we go. I'll never remember their names. That's okay. All right. That's what I'm here for. Thank you. It took me a minute with Paul this time. (laughs) It took me a minute. Um, So they're eating takeout and watching TV ads. And it's like, Harry is just there for the ads, but Paul is just there for the TV. Yes. And uh, because he has to make sure all the ads run. And he says, my mother-in-law says I look like Perry Mason. And Paul says, it's not a compliment. It means she thinks you're fat. (laughs) (laughs) She's very cute. So Lee calls. He calls Harry. He calls Harry. Why does Late he call Harry? Because Harry is the one who said, I think you're the client and you should mm. get whatever you want. That is true. So he's like, you're going to yeah. give me whatever I want. All right. Whereas Pete Campbell can't even smoke a cigarette. That's right. The fuck? He can't, can't trust, trust him. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's probably true. Though it didn't work out. So uh, that's Salvatore Fellow, the director. He's no good. I want him gone. Can't work with him. Can't work with him. And I want you to keep it between me and you. Don't tell Roger. Don't tell Pete. Harry is just like, I can't do that. Right. Like, that's literally not in my yeah, power to right. do. And he's like, no, 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 no. I want you to take care yeah. of this. Yeah. And it's just between us. Mm-hmm. There's some really over-demanding Southerners or yeah. Southern types in this. Yeah. Connie might as well be Southern. Arizona's not southern, yeah, but still. It may as well he be. sounds like it. It's in the south. Just the southwest. Uh, Arizona is southwest. It's, it's, it but it's southwest. not in the south. It's not in, it's, capital T, capital S, the south. Thank you. But it is south in the country. On the first day of the SEC football season, I can't have you <laughs> calling Arizona the south. It's just not right. So my apologies. <laughs> Thank you. It is the southwest. Is that it is, better? It is much better. Okay. So Paul like pries into what the conversation was about and Harry gives it up pretty quickly. Yeah. And Paul asks what He's Sal like, I can't did. tell you and then immediately yeah. tells him. <laughs> As if he could keep a secret <laughs> that juicy. Right. And Harry, so he asked what Sal did, and Harry says, I didn't ask. He was drunk as a skunk, and he's scary to begin with. But what he's not going to do is he's not going to panic and do something stupid like, like he, he usually does. does. yeah. So he just thinks it's just going to go away. That this guy's just not going to remember. Right. He's drunk. Demanding. He'll forget about it. Yeah. It's fine. I'm just not going to deal with it. As if he's not drunk 100% of the time. Right. He's right. always drunk. He's always drunk. I love at the end of this, uh-huh. uh, what's his name, Paul, the beard, goes, yes. ah, the show's back on. Uh-huh. And Harry goes, ah, we missed all the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> this episode had a lot of scenes with very neat, like clean and neat opening and closing things. Mm. Like, you know, that other scene started with 
Pete, you know, mm, yeah. scared of the cigarette ended with Pete hacking about the cigarette. This starts with the commercial, wanting to turn the commercial off and then the thing coming back on. It's a lot of them had that kind of symmetry yeah. to them, which I think is a good way to, to like handle a scene, but also it seemed it stood out to me because right. it just happened every time. Right. So I'll call that criticism. So we got Don. He's waking up again because the phone rings. Mm-hmm. I noticed this time, the in the first time, the phone was on Betty's side of the bed. And so he had to reach over her. But now they've switched sides. They've switched sides. And that was so funny to me because I was like, how y'all, and I literally wrote, like, how y'all not have your side of the bed? Yeah. But yeah, I, I was confused at first, but yeah. you're right. It's because of the phone. Yeah. That was a good notice. Oh, thank you. Because I was like, Tom, that is not your side of the bed. What are you I doing? just don't know why they wouldn't have switched before because he had been calling so much already. And why, like, why do you have to switch sides and not switch the phone? I can guarantee the phone cord is long enough. I don't know. Have you seen phone cords from 1963? They were very <laughs> short and brittle. Brittle. <laughs> <laughs> so Connie says, Don, it's Conrad Hilton. Don says, is it? <laughs> Connie says, now don't be like that. I know it's a privilege to call you at home. I don't think I've worn it out. It's 1130. It's 1130. It's like, yes, you have worn it out, Mr. Hilton. It's too late. But you know what? Come meet me for a drink. <laughs> and so this next scene is another one that starts where he's, you know, pouring from this Prohibition-era bottle. Mm-hmm. And the, the last thing that happens is he pours another drink from mm-hmm. the bottle. Don reacts to this drink the way Pete reacted to the cigarette. Mm. Yes, he yeah. does. Yeah. And Connie essentially is just like, you know what? I'm depressed and I'm lonesome. Yeah, he's having a hard time. And He's the cure, the cause and the cure is too much work. Yes. <laughs> it's, yes. This man is insane. He's a harsh critic, especially of himself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it makes him feel bad. Do you think that is? That's what he said. Yeah, that's true. Well. Sometimes it makes him feel bad. Well. He says, it's my purpose in life to bring America to the world, whether they like it or not. You know, we're a force of good, Don, because we have God. Communists don't. Damn those communists. Those communists. And fucking so, commies. Fucking commies. Apparently this is in line with like actual Conrad Hilton. I would have to imagine. Yeah. I would have to imagine yeah. a lot of research went into Conrad Hilton. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's so well known in the popular culture. Yeah. And um, probably, you know, barons like him get written about a lot. And he probably right. wrote his own memoirs exactly. at some point and that kind of shit. Exactly. Um, but it is, it's also just so very like manifest destiny the the and I I wonder if so this was what two thousand nine, if it's you know commentary on the war in the Middle East mm. and just trying mm. to bring democracy to all around the world. Right. So Khrushchev fell apart because he couldn't get into Disneyland. Yeah. That's another little. After tidbit. all that we after all we did to him, mm-hmm. you know what finally broke him? He couldn't get into Disneyland. That's right. Um, and so. Don likes that, but he's not allowed to have politics in his ads. Mm. But there should be goodness and confidence and he tells don that he's like a son to him more than a son to me because you didn't have what they had and you understand yeah so they're bonding against again with their about growing up poor yeah yeah it did really feel like don has got another daddy (laughs) don's moved by this yes i mean he says thank you i mean it yeah like he's he's really moved by this idea that this powerful, mm-hmm. 
smart, yes, charming, charismatic yeah. person, yeah. man, mm-hmm. feels like a father to him mm-hmm. or feels like he's a son. Yeah. Because, God, what else could Don ask for? Right. His dad was a piece of shit who got killed by getting kicked by a horse. Yeah. And then Connie would never go out that way. No. Definitely not. Mm -hmm. I think that also explains why Don is putting up with all of this bullshit from Connie. Right. (laughs) Just because, yeah, I want to make Daddy happy. Right. (laughs) And this is the way to do it. So we are back at home in Ossining. Betty's doing laundry. She's coming down with the laundry basket. And who comes in? Who knocks on the, the doorbell door? rings and yeah. I'm like, well, clearly it's Henry Francis. Before she even looked out the window, I was like, well, this goddamn Henry just showing yeah. up at her door and sure enough. Lips first. Yeah. She looks out the window. <laughs> yeah. Gives a big sigh and I was like, here we go. Mm-hmm. And it was Henry Francis just coming on in. He wanted to see her. Because yeah. there wasn't a letter from her in the mailbox. Yeah. And Carla comes in. Well, she says, my girl is due back. Yeah. And he says, I know I shouldn't be here. I just mm-hmm. had to see you. Just he grabs her hands. Oh my God. And that's when Carla time. walks in. And she like whispers to him, what, what do I say? Why are you here? Yeah. And they put on a show that he was vetting the house to host a fundraiser. For Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Carla's seeing right through it. Absolutely she is. She's taking none of this bullshit. This is some nonsense and she knows it. She's she, not going to stand for nonsense. She noticed that letter with no return address i'll I'll tell you what she did that she because she she told her that the mail was on the counter or something yeah she brought in that mail and so then like he she's like uh carlo you can see him out and so he goes out and she says i left the bath running Mm -hmm. and and goes upstairs but carlo's like "Mm." you were coming down with lawn yeah (laughs) like There's not a bath running. Yeah. And clearly you're in the middle of a completely different chore. So she is suspicious. She's real sus. She's real sus. Well, she thinks Betty's real sus. She's not sus. Oh, that's... That's how you use that term. Oh, gosh. How about sussy baka? I don't know that one. Mm, that's big with uh, Sarah's kid. Okay. It's a suspicious fool. Oh. Yeah. All right, I'll have to listen in on my fifth, fourth and fifth yeah. graders and see if they're throwing that around. Just, like, call someone Sussy Baka and see if everyone goes nuts. <laughs> That's my tip to everyone. If you're around anyone between the age of 7 and 14 this week, just use the term Sussy Baka and see what happens. Oh, my gosh. You know what I'm real curious about? What's that? So, I think about this a lot in terms of my daughter and Justin's daughter. So, Justin's daughter yeah. is a year and a half older in age, but uh-huh. two grades older than okay. my daughter. And his daughter has, like, a cell phone. Mm-hmm. She can text. She knows Instagram, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Dottie does not have any of that stuff. Yeah. And doesn't know about any of it. Thank goodness. She doesn't know about Roblox. She doesn't know about Minecraft. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know about any of this stuff. Yeah. I got a little bit confused because I also don't know about Roblox. Please oh. do not tell me about them. I won't. They're just video games that kids play and they're obsessed with. Okay. Right? Okay, good. And especially, like, a second grader. Most second yeah. graders are obsessed with this stuff. Uh-huh. Oh. And I'm wondering if her, mm-hmm. like, her, her gap year yeah. of first grade during uh-huh. COVID really helped to further shield her from all that. Because I don't want her getting into yeah. that business. I don't want to deal with Roblox at work and at home. Delay it as long as possible. Right? I don't want her yeah. asking me when she can have a cell phone. Never, bitch. Yeah. You ain't never getting one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh-huh. I'm curious this year, now that she's back yeah. in school full time. It's a matter of time. 
if she comes up to me one day and she's going to be like, Mom, you a sussy baka. And I'd be like, no. Because <laughs> it's real interesting yeah. how different, like, my second grader mm-hmm. is to the second graders that I teach. Yeah. They know so many things that she yeah. has no idea about. Yeah. Which I'm more than okay with. Yeah. But it's just real interesting. I'm curious to see what happens this year. Definitely. If she starts calling me sus or talking about this song is a bop. <laughs> or the song slaps. I mean, the, if she's not saying that after just being around you for all of her life, I don't know that she's gonna start. I don't. I don't say that nonsense. You don't. No. I I've started saying every now and then I'll say something slaps just because it's funny. We were at our friend's um, backyard bonfire the other day. Yeah. And we saw Dylan, who was on our podcast. Yes. And did our friend um, of the show. Friend of the show, Dylan Anderson, and Dylan had gone to this really cool light festival thing that Mm -hmm. me and Justin and the girls also had gone to. Yeah. And at one part of it, it's this like magical forest and you're walking through and there's like these creatures and whatever. Yeah. At one point in the forest, there is what they call the Froggy Bog Band. Okay. And there's like a bubble machine and a Mm -hmm. uh, disco ball and lights and there's this like frog song that's playing. Uh And it's actually really good. It's like it's like a real dance song. (laughs) It's a jam, I'm telling you. And we're talking to Dylan about Mm -hmm. this thing that we've both experienced. And he's like, that Froggy Bog song slaps. (laughs) And I was like, it really kind of does. Yeah. Like, that's the appropriate time to use the word slaps. Well, I mean, I think it has made its way to us, you know, just generic white millennials. Um, I can find this song, by the way. You need, our listeners deserve to hear it. You can continue talking while I find it. Here we go. You're making a face like you don't love this. Wait, I got a better one. I got a better one. Here we go. I can't tell. Is it supposed to be metal? Is it for children? It's... It's it's froggy bog music. It sounds really, like, aggressive and, like, headbangery. <laughs> And I was expecting something much more like Chuck E. Cheese Band. No, 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 no. no I guess not. No. Because this was a grown-up event. It was uh, for all ages. Mm. For all ages. But anyways, that slaps. That song slapped. <laughs> it was a straight bop, yo. <laughs> it was a bop. So anyway. we're in the conference room. <laughs> we see Roger just obliviously reading... Harry is fidgeting and like Harry's like tapping his pencil yeah, on the thing. Smoking. And Sal is fumbling too. He can't yeah. get the projector to work. Yeah. That's the word. I wrote camera and I was like, that's the opposite of a camera. <laughs> What's the opposite of a camera? <laughs> a video camera? No, that's not any better. <laughs> so Pete and Lee walk in and we catch the punchline. Mm. So and so the hillbilly says that ain't my finger. <laughs> <laughs> They're laughing hard. They're laughing. I bet it was about his penis. Yeah. I bet it was. I'm sure you're right. But then Lee, and like everyone in the room kind of rises to greet them. Yeah. But Lee sees Sal is still there, glares at him, glares at Harry, and just turns around turns and stomps out. Stomps out. And Pete's like, Lee? Lee! <laughs> the way he calls after him was so funny to me. Yeah. 
I mean, I can just imagine Pete's like, I've got him in the palm of my oh, hand. Yeah. I've done my job. I got him laughing as we walk into oh, the conference yeah. room. Look I at have... what a great account. Yes. And then all of a sudden it just fell apart. And he's like, yeah. what's happening? So Roger is like, what's going on? Yes. Um, and Harry confesses that, was it two days before or two weeks before? Two weeks. It had been two weeks yeah. that Harry had... Uh, just sat on his ass. No, no, no. He says a couple days ago. He says a couple days ago. I'm sorry. I got so excited. All right. So it was two days. Yeah. And that's still a that's long still, amount of time. Yeah. To just, as Roger says, and you made the executive decision to do nothing. Yeah. Uh, and what does Roger do? Oh, he fires Sal. He just fires him. He says, Sal, you're fired. Lee Gardner Jr. wants you fired. And yeah. there's like five seconds of just silence as you go from like each person's face to the next and then yeah. he says, he's like pointing at Harry's like, we're going to find out what he wants to do with you, you imbecile. Yeah. So you might be fired too if Lee yeah. Garner Jr. wants you fired. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's just cut and dry to him because this is a $25 million account and that is worth any commercial director in Manhattan. Roger tells Harry, now you're going to use your dying breath to tell Don to fix this. Lee Jr. has a problem with creative. Let Don solve it. He does it all now anyway. Yeah. So Sally, Sally, hmm. <laughs> Sal and Harry walk out of the office, or like, I don't know, out they the meet out of the conference room. room. There's like a super busy office, loud, and they're like walking together toward Don's desk. Yeah. And um, Harry asks the secretary, is he busy? And Don has his door open and he just says, I can see you and I can hear you. What do you want? <laughs> I don't know why I like that so much. It was cute. It was, it was really, really cute. cute. So they tell, uh, they tell Don what happened, and he says, it's a $25 million account you stuck your nose in. And Harry leaves, and Sal is, like, sit- telling every part of the story except for the part that right. pertains to him. Right. He says, uh, Lee Garner Jr. got drunk, and he told mm-hmm. Harry to fire me, and then Roger got angry, and he did. And Don's like, yeah. I know what just <laughs> happened. Yeah. I don't understand what happened with the cut, with yeah. the commercial. Mm-hmm. And he eventually admits he was drunk, and he cornered me in the editing room. But he got away. He, he you know, he yeah. said goodbye, and Don is once again pissed. Yeah, oh yeah. He's furious. So mad. And he says, but nothing happened because nothing could have happened because you're married. Well, because he tells, mm-hmm. Sal says that he told Lee Garner Jr., but I told him I was married. Yeah. And so he got embarrassed, and he left. Yeah. yeah. And Don's like, Oh, yeah, nothing uh-huh. happened because you're married. And and Sal's like, oh, Don, I swear, on my mother's life. And Don's like, are you sure you want to do that? Who do you think you're talking to? Ooh. And Don, Sal makes the very good point that, like, what if this was some girl that Lee Garner Jr. had pressed himself on, mm-hmm. a female employee of Sterling Cooper, and Don says that would depend on what kind of girl it was and what I knew about her. You people. You people. So, listener, we all remember when Don and Sal went to Baltimore, uh, Sal was canoodling with a bellboy, and Don saw him inadvertently during a fire Fire drill drill thing. Or a real fire alarm. Yeah. Essentially, we're thinking Don knows that Sal likes men. Yeah. And Don knows that Sal has stepped outside of his marriage yeah. with a man. And so he's like pissed and he's like, yeah, 
you should have just done this, which is real shitty. That's real shitty. <laughs> and yeah. then, like, you people, you know, it's just this episode, Don and Betty both do some real overt, you know, ugly yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and so here he's just, like, homophobic. Yeah. And essentially... At that point, it means they are firing him because he's gay. Yeah. Because if he wasn't, if it was Pete and Pete rebuffed Lee right. Jr., then it would have been like, well, yeah, of course not. Right. But just because he's gay, apparently it means that he. He should, should do have that. let mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Do whatever with him. Yeah. Yeah. And Sal is hurt because, like, Sal and Don have a really good relationship. Right. And he's like, I didn't do anything but turn him down. He's a bully. Right. But once again, the money comes up. You know, Lucky, Lucky strike. strike can shut off our lights. Mm-hmm. I meant to look up how much $25 million is in 1963. Oh, wow. Because it sounds like a lot of money in, in 2021. 2021. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say sounds like, I mean it is. I am not myself a hundred millionaire. No. One day, though. All right. Let's see. Here we go. 1963 mm. to 2021. Mm-hmm. Twenty five zero 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 zero. Is that enough zeros? Yes. I'm gonna need to see the commas before I can <laughs> sign off. All right. Twenty five million dollars in 1963 is worth mm-hmm. $223,041,666.67. So that's a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. That's many monies. For cigarettes. Yeah. Lucky strike. Yeah. It's toasted. All right. So you could shut off your lights. But, you know, I think, you know, this is the way it has to be. You'll do fine. You'll do fine. It won't, you won't have any problem being a creative director who has done one commercial and then got yeah, fired. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Sal. Yeah. So we're back in Austin. Carla is setting down dinner for the kids and Bobby kind of mouths off about not wanting salad. Oh, he real sassy. Yeah. I told you I don't want salad. Bobby, shut your damn face. <laughs> shut your damn face. You gotta learn. Put a goddamn bucket on your head. Put a put a Yogi Bear mask on your face and get out of here. tambourine or whatever exactly. kids do in 1960 fucking three. So Betty says, watch your tone, young man. Carlo works for me, not you. <laughs> so I'm glad that's the takeaway. Yeah. Right. It's okay to speak to someone like that right. if you're paying them. She's my servant, yes. not yours. And I think, like, it, this whole episode, we see a lot of Carla. Yeah. And we hear a lot of Martin Luther King. Yeah. And so it's this, like, seeing a black servant living that life yeah. um, amid a bunch of rich white people and their problems and their dalliances. Mm-hmm. And, like... She's, you know, being affected by everything that's happening in the country and all of this speaking and whatnot. But right. life goes on, and she's still watching this woman disintegrate her marriage. Yeah. So Don comes home, and Carla is leaving, and she starts the dishwasher. Have we seen a dishwasher in the Draper house before? I noticed that as well, that there was a dishwasher, that she was loading a dishwasher. Yeah. I was like... They had dishwashers in 1963? That was my thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I don't know that we have ever yeah. seen them messing with a dishwasher before. I don't think so. And and it's like she starts it and it makes noise. Yeah. And I think that is a very specific choice yeah. <laughs> to point out. And I'll also say, wasn't it, wasn't it you 
who had that question about whether the girl doing the dishes right, right, was right. Sally right. or someone else. Right. So it's I just one. It oh look, it's just an. Oh, you thought it was Sally. Yes. Oh, interesting. I, didn't I? Yeah. I know. You did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a thing. But it was like, oh look, the girl's doing the dishes again. Yeah. Of course, that's what they call her. It's rude. It's so rude. Betty brings up Henry to Don in front of Carla. Yes, she has to. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like. I'm not hiding that there was a man in the house when I was alone. Right. I, this was a legitimate reason, and right. I'm going to tell my husband the legitimate reason. And, of course, the whole time, Don has no clue. Oh, he doesn't give a fuck. He's like... From beginning to end. Right. He's, he's like, like, a fundraiser, whatever, as long as I don't have to come. Yeah, which he doesn't. Right. And so he's just so off in his own world. And uh, we go back, and we see, we see the Popsicle ad first. Because Sal is in his very He's dark office. Packing up all his sketches. Mm-hmm. Poor Sal. And clearly, like, the staff doesn't know. Because right. one of them asks if, like, it's okay to leave. Right. And calls him boss man. And then Sal cries. He cries. Poor Sal. Yeah. And he's, like, super nice to the other guy. The, yeah. the guy that comes in. Like, he's such a nice guy. He's a good guy. He should, be, should not have been fired. No. Bullshit. It's bullshit. I want to go back in time 60 years and slap around these fictional characters. I wish you would. Would you mind? I'll try. Thank I'll you. let you know how it goes. Okay, good. <laughs> and then we see Betty calls Henry mm-hmm. while Don is in the living room because she has to keep... She's like, got to keep the pretense. This, this chain of events going. Yeah. And they're going to go through with the fun... Even though... She told Don earlier that the house was too small. Francine's no. house was too small. That's, that makes so much more sense. She said sense. Francine sent him over. She okay. wants to have this fundraiser, but her house is too small. That makes sense. That's why he was at our house. I did not ask for him to come. Yeah. You know Francine. Yeah. Perpetually pregnant Patty, always <laughs> sending men around. Yeah, she's got so many kids running around. That's she right. can't, uh, doesn't have the space to hold a fundraiser for one of the richest men in the world exactly. as don comments right a fundraiser for rockefeller which is a failed campaign of course of course so then we see another conference room presentation don is presenting to connie who is wearing a fantastic cowboy hat it's a really great cowboy hat because it's like not full like 10 gallon stetson it's much more it's like almost a fedora yeah but it's a cowboy hat but clearly yeah clearly connie thinks himself a cowboy yeah he does yeah he wears bolo ties yeah am i imagining that and so the pitch is trying to make hilton be like a home away from home the thrill of international travel with the comfort of home how do you say ice water in italian Hilton. How do you say fresh towels in Farsi? Hilton. How do you say hamburger in Japanese? Hilton. You know, it shouldn't be hamburger. It should be fried chicken. It's already a foreign word. (laughs) And Don is, like, happy. He's like, we nailed it. Yeah. Because when you're saying, like, it shouldn't be this, it should be that, that means, like, oh, you're already imagining this is going to be on billboards. This is going to be in magazines. Well, and the tagline is, Hilton, it's the same in every language. Yeah. Which is a good tagline. It's a very good tagline. But Don, uh, it, Don's happy. Connie says it's good, clever, friendly. It draws you in. But what about the moon? There's nothing about the moon. And everyone in the room is like, what? <laughs> yeah. All of the dudes that came with 
Connie mm-hmm. immediately get uncomfortable. Yeah. We're like, oh boy, here we go. This crazy old man again. <laughs> yeah. Doing his old man craziness shit. Yeah. And like, I have a feeling that in all the notes that Don had for the rest of the team, he probably didn't bring up the moon. <laughs> and so this right. is probably the first they've heard of the right. moon. Right. And then the other people are like, this is the sixth ad agency where he's brought up the moon. Right. It's if he wants the goddamn moon, just tell them you want the moon. Quit playing these games, Connie. <laughs> So Don says, well, right now, that's not an actual destination. And Donnie says, that's not the point. I said I wanted Hilton on the moon. I couldn't have been more clear about I it. couldn't have been. You could have. He really could have. You could have. You, you were sounded babbling. like Right. You were making a joke. <laughs> yeah. You were being, you know, you're speaking very grand. Mm-hmm. You could have been more clear. Yeah. Clearly. It's seeing as there is no moon in it, <laughs> something was missed. <laughs> There's a communication error. Yeah. Connie. Yeah. But Connie clears the room because he wants to speak with Don. And they kind of, they, they drop the formality of a business meeting and now they're back to being father yeah. and son. Yeah. And guess what? Daddy's disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I'm very disappointed. In yeah. Him. He's like, it's a great campaign. And he's like, fine. What do you want from me? Love? Your work is good. But when I say the moon, I expect the moon. Boy. Whew. That is harsh. It is harsh. Well, he says, I'm going to speak very honestly with you. I don't yeah. think folks do that often. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I am very disappointed. Well, who speaks honestly with you, Connie? Right? Do you think anyone has told you a real thing in the last, you know, right? million or so dollars you've made? <laughs> so poor Don. He's like in tears, too. Yeah. He gets choked up about it because he is so proud when he is presenting this. Yeah. He's like, I'm, he thinks I he did nailed it. it. Yeah. And honestly, it's a great campaign. It's a great campaign. So I read in Mad Men Carousel by Matt Zoller Seist. It says, the real Conrad Hilton was a strict anti-communist, an ideology, an ideology grounded in both Ooh. his Catholic beliefs and his business interests, and he considered his hotels a means of advancing both Christianity and capitalism. The idea of going to the moon is real, too. An mm. ad for Hilton Hotel from this era... Includes a reservation request with a note, check here if your trip includes transfer to Intergalactic Express. What? Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I was wondering how much of that, Mm -hmm. because clearly Hilton had real ads. Yeah. Oh, we haven't talked on the pod about the amazing place I stayed. Speaking of No, we haven't. You'll have to put some of those pictures that I sent you on the socials. Yeah. Because, so, dear listener, Uh um, on a last hurrah of summer, uh, my boyfriend and I went up to the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, Mm -hmm. and we stayed in Marquette, and I found this place that is advertised as, like, the mid-century modern person's dream or Mm -hmm. something. And in the little description is, like, every Don Draper fan will love this place. (laughs) And literally, this woman, Mm -hmm. I mean, she's, like, this guy. What's his name who made the show? Matthew Weiner. Thank you, Matthew Weiner. She's like Matthew Weiner. She spared yeah. no expense, paid uh-huh. so much attention to detail. Yeah. To the point where on the coffee table were three issues of Time magazine. <laughs> was it Time? I think it was Time. One of them was from 1961, one was from 1963, and one was like 1966 or something. Cool. Um, and the 1963 one had a fucking Admiral <gasps> television ad. Cool. Which is from this fucking show. Was it white people, though? There was no people. Mm. There was no people Smart. in it. Yeah, it was Smart. just the ad. And it, I forget what it said, but I sent you a picture of it. You did. 
And there was another one of like, how can I spend all of Don's money mm. with a real what? Betty Draper looking lady? What? That's cool. There was a lot of really cool ads in there. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. It was like yeah. being right in the show. Did you drink martinis? No. Did you smoke cigarettes? No. Well, what did you even bother going for? Did you yell at someone else's children? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But it was very, very cool. cool. It was All right. very Mad Men. All right, listeners. So now very you have Mad a destination when you want to go to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Yeah. Have Which fun. You should. You should want to go there. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's probably not as crowded in the next few months. That's right. Not I'll tell you, sport. fall is a beautiful time to go. You joke. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, I just, leaves get a turning. I'm just thinking of, I'm thinking of post-fall. The snow. Really. Yeah. All right. We're at the fundraiser. Fundraiser's happening. Betty is in the prettiest a dress. Beautiful dress. It's like satiny, like a pale blue with autumn colored leaves yeah, on it's it beautiful and she has not since this season started i don't think we've seen her in her traditional 50s big Mm-mm. flouncy these are all like pencil dresses yeah she's modernized considerably oh, yeah. she's way more mod her hair is like shorter in its curls yeah it's it's getting a little bit tighter and she's i mean she's clearly dressed up for henry yeah the same way she dressed up at the bakery for henry yeah. and everywhere else and she looks gorgeous. The There's some white ladies just, like, really feeling bad about segregation. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine how bad it must be for all these Negroes to march on Washington? Just to be heard. And meanwhile, Carla is, like, opening the door for more rich white people. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was great. I love yeah. the way they mm-hmm. just had her in the background serving yeah. all these white white rich bitches indeed and ppp is like where's henry francis mm-hmm. she knows what's oh, up oh she knows what's up but where is henry where are you not there who does come in though this old crotchety looking bitch you know what she reminded me of she reminded me of the bad teacher in mm-hmm. harry potter you know the one i'm Snape? talking about no the woman the woman who later Dolores yes that's who she reminded me of why because she kind of looked like her and she was uppity. See, I could understand if you said Aunt Petunia. Oh, she reminded me of her too. But also Dolores Umbridge. Okay. Now listen, it's been a hot minute. I feel like Dolores Umbridge is specifically like very short and this woman was about six feet tall. It wasn't so much in her height that she reminded me. I thought she was a perfectly fine woman because she was just like, oh, hi, I'm an incredibly informed, well-educated woman who can speak to these other women of my social class and, you know, gender. And I love how she's like, I'm the one who briefs Henry Francis on all of this stuff. See, I am, I like her. I think she's a tough broad and she had to keep her calm with Betty literally saying to her, that's disappointing because you're here and not Henry. Betty throws a little fit because Henry doesn't show up and she takes it out on this perfectly fine woman she just, maybe it was her outfit. Something about her or the way she mm. held herself reminded okay. me of that Maybe teacher. it was just misogyny. It could be. I'm a huge misogynist. You hate women. I really do. You really do. <laughs> I've noticed. She keeps her cool. Hen- Betty has to stomp over to introduce her. Oh, Doesn't yeah. even remember her name. She's so pouty. Yeah. And then I, I wrote, Bangry, no. <laughs> I did not write that. I wrote, Betty angry puts the money 
in the lockbox. Yeah. Betty angry drives the money to Harry. Henry. Henry. Yeah. Wow. And then Betty angry throws the money at Harry. Yeah. Henry. In his office. <laughs> yes. All yeah. those things. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I, was, I was about to... Hank is short for Henry. Yes. Harry is short for hairy armpits. Hairy armpits. That is true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Betty feels like she was stood up. Like she well, was like, I love, so she throws this box at him, uh-huh. and it's a metal box, and yeah. it clangs around, and he's like, whoa, hey! And the secretary, because he says, <laughs> yeah. do not disturb us. Yeah. He kicks the secretary out. Yeah. And he says, we are not to be disturbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Betty throws this box, and there's this big clang, and the secretary's like, are you okay in she there? immediately disturbs them. Yes, immediately. Yeah. He's like, it's fine, I just dropped something. <laughs> <laughs> something was dropped at me. <laughs> he says that he wanted her to... To come to him. Mm-hmm. You had to come to me because you're married. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. I'll stop being mad. Yeah. You're right. You couldn't come to my house. Right. Yeah. And also, like, it has to be your will. Right. It. I need you to be not a victim or right. not a prey, but, right. you know, this needs to be what you want. Right. But you know what? He doesn't know what she wants. Well, first he smooches her. Yeah. She says, oh. And he smooch, smooch, smooches her. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to lock the door. And he comes back to smooch, smooch, smooch her some more. And she says, no, Henry. We can't do this. No. Because it would be tawdry. He he says, well, let's, she says, what are we going to do? Here in the office on your desk? Yeah. And he says, okay, we'll get a room somewhere. And she says, no, that's tawdry. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I don't know what you want. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and she, she agrees. Yeah. She doesn't know what she wants either. Because yeah. the last time they kissed, she went to Italy. <laughs> yeah. And then this time, she is like, no, actually, I don't want any of this. What yeah. do you think's going to happen? They're going to kiss again. You think they're going to kiss again? Yeah. Is it going to be tawdry? Yeah. I hope so. God, we need some. <laughs> we need some tawd around here. We need here. some tawdriness. Come on. Some tawdracity. I need... The tawdracity of it all. The tawdracity of it all. Be a little tawdacious. Be a little bit. Tawd... Tawd... Okay. (laughs) So we're back at Sterling Coup. Roger's going into Don's office, and he's mad because Hilton left angry, and Don, like, won't let anybody actually help him. Right. The accounts, you know, aren't handling him as a client. Right. And he's like, what do you think we do... And Don says he doesn't want to hurt Roger's feelings. Yeah. But he says, I'm going to put you on notice. You are in over your head. He says, two clients leave here angry in a a week. Is that what you want this place to be known for? That and some guy losing his foot in the lawnmower? (laughs) (laughs) Finally, someone has mentioned it. Right? It literally has not been mentioned. That's a good point. Since it happened. Yeah. Finally, it's not just this weird fever dream. That happened on Don... Dawn on Joan's like last day of work, yeah, didn't it? Her going away party. That's insane. Yeah. That's how she went out. So we're back at home and Martin Luther King is on the radio giving a eulogy about the sixteenth uh the, the four girls who were killed in the sixteenth Street Baptist Church bombing. Yeah. And Carla is listening to it. I grew up, you know, in the suburbs of Birmingham mm-hmm. and so like it's always interesting to be reminded how like national yeah. That all was not that I was there around for right. it, but it was like it was a thing that I learned about growing up. Right. And like I would pass the 16th Street Baptist Church every now and then, wow. and be like, oh wow, that's this enormous uh, historical place where right. 
if you don't know, listener, uh, some white supremacists, you know, white men, bombed a Sunday school that, you know, a black Sunday school and killed four small little girls. Yeah. And it, it was, it's one of those, it's one of the few things in the civil rights movement that, like, was pretty much universally agreed upon as being, like, I think people will put a lot of blame on the activists, you know, adults themselves, mm-hmm. getting hurt, getting killed, being, I mean, clearly it is, no one deserves to be killed. Right. It's just such a clear cut these are four little girls. Yeah. And I think that actually did increase some of the uh, support for the black cause yeah. nationally because it's like, well, this is out of hand. Yeah. Heinous. Not that it was, nothing was solved. <laughs> right. Well, right. Yeah. But it still it, isn't. Yeah. So it's this major thing. And it's actually really kind of striking to realize how short a period of time it was between mm. the March on Washington yeah. and this other major event. Right. Do Just I remember days. when exactly that was? No, I don't. It was September 15th, 1963. So So a lot of time passes in this episode. Yeah, it's a it's a good maybe 3 weeks of time here cuz I have a dream August 28th, September 4th, uh we hear the car, you know. Right radio and then this is september this would be after september 15th because right. that was the actual day of the bombing and this right. is the day of the funeral so it's a, it's about a month passes here that's interesting they don't normally mm-hmm. spread the eps out over that large a span no. of time sometimes it'll be one day yeah and sometimes it'll be quite a while yeah so when carla is she's like setting the table but she has just stopped listening to this she's clearing the table oh, so i thought she was setting the table. the table at first as well okay but then betty says the kids have gone to bed oh that makes so, more sense yeah <laughs> clearly she's clearing the table i'm glad someone pays attention to this show and when betty comes in she changes the radio to music and betty's like oh you can you can leave it on you know do you need a day off like she kind of right understands that it's um because even when Medgar Evers was killed, right. like she acknowledges it somewhat to Carla, but then she turns around and says, I hate to say this, but it really makes me wonder about civil rights. Maybe it's not supposed to happen right now. Mm. And so that's like a clear, like, Betty is still just a rich white lady. Right. But as Matt Zoller-Seiss points out, it was a very common, you know, thing yeah. to say. Yeah. And it's still something that people say now. Yeah. I mean, people said it about Colin Kaepernick, like, it's just not the right time right. to protest right. when that was the most peaceful thing you could possibly do. Right. Because it's never the right time. It's never the right time. Yeah. It's never yeah. the right time to fight for mm-hmm. human lives yeah. and the rights that should be granted to everybody. Yeah. You know, we just wait a little bit. Because... We'll give you your rights. Right. Just not right just now. Just hold off. Because... It's 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 like when, if there's like a serial rapist out and they mm. put a curfew out for women instead mm. of men. Yeah. Because these white men murdered some children, we should just stop trying to protect black people. Yeah. Like that's yeah a very uh, mis misguided argument there. Yeah. So now we have one of Ashley's predictions coming true. What happened here? Now. This takes some analysisizing to okay. see that my prediction came true. But All right. I'm but willing to me. go along with you. We cut to Sal in a payphone in the park. 
Yeah. He's outside, right? It's he dark. Is. He's clearly talking to his wife. He says, I already had dinner. Uh-huh. I got to do some more work. He's clearly lying to her. Uh-huh. Um, and don't wait up, blah, blah, blah. In the background, yeah. do you notice what we see? We see some cruising fellas. Oh, yeah. There's leather daddies in the yes, background. Yes, there are. And I was like... Sal is cruising in the park. <laughs> Ashley fucking called it. You did. And it didn't even take that long. You did. When did you cruising in the park? Predict that. I think I predicted that when he made out with homeboy in Baltimore. Mm. That pretty soon we'd see him cruising. That's true. And here he is. Oh, here we are for season. You predicted. The very first episode of this season. That he'd be cruising? For season three, episode two. I see. Sal gonna get more sodomy. <laughs> cruises parks and bars. Inspires Grinder. See? You did it. I did it. You did there it. There he is cruising. I was Look so at you. happy. That's actually Both very... for Sal and yeah. for myself. I mean, what do you think... What's Sal's thinking here? Is he just like going off the deep end? Well, I think he's like, yeah, like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. The thing that I was trying to protect, yeah. my job, yeah. I don't have anymore. Yeah. I can easily fake out my wife. I get, yeah. Because I'll just spend the day out. Mm-hmm. She'll think I'm at work. Mm-hmm. And here's this, this thing that I've been holding myself back from. Clearly, mm-hmm. way more people are into this than I thought. Yeah. Clearly, there's way more men available because... Yeah. The other work guy uh-huh. hit on him. Yeah. Now Lee Garner Jr. hit on him. The bellboy mm-hmm. he got fancy with. Like he can't, he has to beat these men off with a stick. Yeah. He might as well beat them off with a stick. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And we have another really cool transition shot here as well. So Sal opens the door mm-hmm. for the payphone and that turns the light off in the payphone. Yes. Yeah. And so you get the like reflection uh-huh. now of the glass of the payphone. Yeah. But the reflection is of Don Draper's hallway. Really? Uh-huh. So you you see the two oh, chairs cool. in Don Draper's hallway in the reflection of the payphone. Uh-huh. And then the rest of it fades from the park yeah. into Don's bedroom. Oh my god. It's a really cool shot. That is cool. Mm-hmm. So Don is walking into this bedroom. It's dark. Yeah. Because it's always dark in the wee small hours. In the wee small hours. And he like wakes Betty up and he tells her uh-huh. that Hilton called and he has to go in. And she's like, huh, I didn't hear the phone ringing. And he just doesn't respond. He to just that. gaslights like, yeah. go to bed. So he, in successive scenes, Don and Sal lie to their wives yeah. about going to get some strange. Yeah. They blame it on work. Yeah. I bet... I bet, like, half that office is just, like, full of employees. Yeah. <laughs> That's everyone's excuse. Yeah. I'm just at work and just yeah. so many empty beds and so many wives thinking that Sterling Cooper's just a hop in place every night. Yeah. So where does he go? Well, he goes to the teacher's house because she showed him exactly where she lives. Yes. In the apartment above the garage. Yeah. But now let me tell you. Tell me. He knocks on the door. Mm-hmm. She opens it. Yeah. And he is just standing there with his hat, uh-huh. his little face turned down, yeah. looking so fine. <laughs> he, he so like fine. knows exactly. Because sometimes he knocks Whew. on women's doors and he's drunk. Yeah. And like sloppy looking. Mm. But this time he's like, I know what. I wrote so much swag in that hat. Yeah. That it's like a little cocked hat. Yeah. He's got yeah. it cocked. He's got his head tipped. He's like, uh-huh. so. I'm here. 
uh, she says you're, you you know people are gonna see you and he's like so let me in yeah not if you let me in yeah that's a easy fix baby cakes and she's in a real cute yellow dress mm-hmm. drinking her whiskey like she do yeah and she like plays this she's been playing this game with him from the start mm-hmm. of like I know you want me mm-hmm. and I'm going to flirt with you but I'm also gonna make you I'm gonna try to make you feel like shit and like boring for yeah. this yeah. You're just like every other guy. Yeah, she's like, what do you want? He says, I don't know, I just wanted to talk. Yeah. Right, says the man who unbuckles his pants. Right. She's like not playing with this bullshit. She's like, I know mm-hmm. exactly what you're trying to do. And then they go into this metaphor about like how I bet you think of me every time you walk, you you jog that stretch. Yeah. But and she says, but I get to keep going and jog into the future and yeah. see how, I know exactly how it ends. Yeah. And, and and she actually says, like, I don't think you've done this before this way. Well, right. She says, uh, I lived two miles from you. I was mm-hmm. your daughter's teacher. I mm-hmm. see your wife in the grocery store. Yeah. You've done this before. Yeah. But you haven't done it like this. Right. You have not fooled around with somebody this closely entwined in your actual life. Mm-hmm. And she's right. She's right. But he doesn't care. No. Nope. Because, unlike Betty, he doesn't care about a tawdry affair. No. Nope. So this is exactly also what Pete, the mistake Pete made last time. Yeah. That fucked him up so Fooling bad. Fooling around too close to home. Yeah. Yeah. The Matt Zoller Sites article points out how this episode and the last episode have a lot of, like, similar things. So there's that part. And then there's also just, like, the way Lena Garner Jr. was just kind of opportunistic with Sal mm. was also the way Pete was being opportunistic with yeah. the au pair. Yeah. And it, this whole episode, there was like, because that's the end of the episode. Well, he smooches her. Yeah. yeah they I smooch, mean, smooch, and then they wake up, or not wake up, but you see them all curled up in bed around yes. each other, naked. They're naked. One could assume. One could assume. They probably, like, She's hugged just and kissed. snuggling up with that big old ham. <laughs> the ham, <laughs> someone had ham for dinner. There's um, a pig in a blanket. Hey! Right, there's I a lot of good affairs that. in this whole thing. Yeah. And there's, like, different ways that married people handle themselves. Yeah. Because you've got Don is just going for it. Yeah. He's married. He doesn't really care. Sal is married, and that's the excuse he uses to not. Right. But then he dives off the deep end. Right. Betty is married, and she does care, and she doesn't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, I also want to sleep with other people that I'm not married to, mm-hmm. but I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. What's she going to do? Oh, she's going to sleep with them. Well, now listen, that's for predictione. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell you now? I'm sorry. I will also say, I think it's interesting that there's like this underbedding of like the civil rights movement. Yeah. And at the same time, we see a gay person, like, discriminated against. Yeah. And it's like, that civil rights movement hasn't even started yet. Right. That's still very much, you know, they're not being heard, but mm-hmm. they haven't had the chance to march on Washington yet. Mm-hmm. Because it's still so secretive. And, you know, you have to, yeah, like, it's hard to gather with people that you either don't know who they are, or right. you're scared, or you're, you know lying to yourself and to other people. Right. That was this episode. That was a, listen, that was yeah. a doozy. That was a bit of a doozy. Whew. It had two very demanding southern 
people, uh, clients. Yeah. Which some might say is a little much. <laughs> <laughs> the the Zat, Matt Zeller's Sykes article is actually pretty critical of these two episodes. Oh, yeah? For feeling like they are repeating things. But mm. I, I feel like it's... Um, you know, variations on a theme, the way Mad Men likes to do. Yeah. They often like to introduce this situation and then kind of, like, shuffle it about right. in another. Right. But uh, I liked it. I liked it. And you know what? So much time had passed between when I watched the last one and yeah. this one that I didn't remember those things. It was so like a brand fine. new episode. Right. And Listen, Matt Zoller, so I, sorry you're binging a show that wasn't meant to be binged. And <laughs> now you're you. like... Wow, I don't like how this is playing. Well, because yeah. you're supposed to give it a week in between. That you really are. Some shows you really yeah. shouldn't binge. I agree. And this is one of them. This, this is, is one, one where like... I couldn't possibly binge this show. Yeah. I've thought sometimes mm-hmm. about like, let me just watch the next one and get it underway, you yeah. know? Um, but one, that won't work for my predictions. Right. And two, I couldn't possibly. It's heavy. It's heavy. There's and a I... lot going on. And like... Us doing this pod because I have binged this show before mm. for sure, but us doing this podcast like reminds me of all the things that I forget about from episode yeah. to episode, because it wasn't meant to be. You're you're supposed to like digest it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it you are rewarded. Yeah. By taking it in slowly and analyzing it a little bit more. I think so too. That's why everyone should always do a podcast about every show that they watch. <laughs> It's just, you know, otherwise you're just not getting, you're not really a fan. No. So tell me, how much of a doozy was this? All right, this was 91. Holy moly. I'm going to give it 91% 91 doozy. 91% doozy. Yeah. That's a higher. There's a lot going on. Like, I guess uh, it's not as high as others, but... It's pretty high. It's pretty high. Yes. There was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. A silly old man talked about the moon. Sal got fired. Sal got fired. Speaking of silly old men, real quick, uh-huh. in this show. Yes, please. I was watching The Mandalorian last night. Yeah. The first time. Have oh you my seen gosh. it? I saw the first episode. <laughs> okay. Does this happen in the first episode? It, mm, I don't, don't think it does. Don't worry about spoilies for The Mandalorian. Well, there is this character that The Mandalorian meets, I think, in the second episode. Maybe okay. it's the first. I'm not... Maybe it is the first. It truly doesn't matter. Okay. Well, but it's, this is important because okay. he's this, like, you know, alien creature guy. Obviously. However, he's the one that's teaching The Mandalorian, like, how to ride this weird fish creature thing. And uh-huh. Where to find the baby Yoda and whatever. That's yeah. not a spoily. It's what happens it's the whole point it's the whole point it's all anyone wants so he's like teaching him where to go and how to find this baby yoda yeah but he looks like burt cooper oh he like i wish i could find him i don't even know what i would search for yeah but i saw and he's like an alien creature he's Uh not human and i was like that's burt cooper that's cute (laughs) that's very silly We'll have to find a picture of him. Find a picture and and do a side by side thank you yeah Yeah. because all and he even kind of sounded like him a little Uh bit i was like this is Bert. This is Bert. That's Cooper. adorable. It was real cute. And he was kind of a goofy old man weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great archetype. He kept saying, I have spoken. He would like <laughs> say something and then be like, bitch, I'm done. I have spoken. Which just, I feel like is something Bert Cooper would say. Yeah. It's just like, all right, we're done with this We're done now. with this. Whatever don't, this is, we're done. Don't question me on exactly. it. We're good. <laughs> well, all right, so if you had to... 91% doozy. All right. How many uh, out of 10, though... Ooh, I'm going to give this boy yeah. eight oh. 
Eight out of ten mm-hmm. adulteries. Ooh, there were there were a eight. lot of adulteries. Adulteries. If we count all the people, the leather daddies and stuff, I'm exactly. sure a handful of them were married. Right? Come on, right? Yeah. All right. So well, um, yakety sex. Ashley predicts. Ooh. All right. Well. Sal, now that he's fired and has begun cruising. Mm-hmm. Finally. That's all he's going to do. Okay. Which, good for him. Yeah. Get it, Sal. As somebody who went through a hoe phase, <laughs> girl, go through a hoe phase. Yeah. So we're just going to see more of Sal in the park mm-hmm. cruising. But then something's going to go bad. Okay. Because you can't always trust cruisers. Yeah. Just no. people in the park. I mean, just law of averages. Exactly. It, it's not even it's not even necessarily that you can't trust cruisers. You can't trust yeah. people in Central Park. You can't trust people you date. You can't trust people you date. That's true. You can't trust, let's be honest, men. You can't trust men. <sighs> God. Men. Poor Sal. He's got a road ahead of him. He really does. I'm sorry, Sal, that you got mixed up with those men because woof. <laughs> That's why you should only date women. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So something goes bad. Something goes bad. Yes. Somebody mm, robs him. He gets robbed. (gasps) Oh, no. He gets robbed. Poor Sal. And he has to go home and tell Kitty, look. can't afford to get robbed. Exactly. Not only did I get robbed. Yeah. But the money that I did have is not being replenished. (laughs) So that's a whole thing that Kitty and Sal. And he doesn't explain... He doesn't explain how he get how he got robbed. Okay. But Kitty's already suspicious. She mm-hmm. she thinks Sal is mad sus. Mad sus. He's a sussy what was it? Baka. Sussy Baka. Yeah. B A K A. Okay. I'm gonna have to Google that later. Um, Please do. She thinks he's a sussy baka. Mm-hmm. And so she starts putting pieces together. She's uh-huh. like, Oh, you got robbed in the park? Yeah. At two in the afternoon? Why weren't you at Sterling Coop? Because you cruising. Uh-huh. Okay. So she figures that out. Yeah. Um, Betty yes. keeps driving out to Henry Francis's office uh-huh. and throwing things at him. Yes. And then smooching his face and then mm-hmm. leaving. Okay. No words are exchanged. Mm-hmm. It's just violence. Yes. Smooching. <laughs> exit. Okay. And he, being a man, is just like, yes. okay. Mm-hmm. He's just going to take it because a beautiful woman is coming to smooch him. And he's like, all right. Uh-huh. Uh, because that's just what men would do. That is what men do. Men would be like, oh, this is really strange and makes me partly uncomfortable, but you're uh-huh. smooching me? Okay. Yeah. I still get smooched and I don't even have to drive anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. I can duck. Exactly. shoes. I've got reflexes. Staplers. <laughs> so that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Don and the teacher are still hooking up. Okay. And in the in their like bedroom talk, in their mm-hmm. pillow talk, she's like teaching him school children shit. Oh. They're working on phonics together. Aww. Yeah. Be- because Don like didn't really have a good education. He didn't have a good education. Listen, yeah. he grew up on a farm with, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who was a dick. Yes. Not not a Dick Whitman. Dick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's some gaps in his education that right. teacher lady is trying to fill while he fills some of her gaps. Hey! hey! High fives, high fives, hey! high fives. Up top. All right. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, and that's all I'm going to predict because that all was right. real good. That I'm just was gonna good. End it on that. Uh, any lingo? The lingo is going to be um, <laughs> long division. Long division. <laughs> Somebody's going to say long division. Uh huh. I'm not going to tell you who. <laughs> I'm going to leave that up to happenstance. Um, I do want to point out that for the previous episode, episode eight, you had predicted. My real prediction? Don fuck Suzanne. <gasps> so you had predicted it for last episode. Oh. I'm not sure if you had predicted it for. Well, remember how last week we didn't yeah. really have my real prediction? So two episodes before that, you wrote Don sleep slash Mooshid's uh, okay. next or following app. Oh, next or following. But it was it was the one after that. Oh. So every other episode, you've predicted that they sleep together, and okay. it has happened now. Though. There we go. So. And Sal's cruising. And Sal's cruising. So I'm Don Stradamus. I You're don't know how many times I have to tell you. Killing it. Thanks. On all things. Thank you. Okay. Well. We did it. We did it. It's September fourth, ladies and gentlemen, and. Binary, non-binary pals. <laughs> this was this was a good app. Did you have you heard what the non-binary switcheroo is for ladies and gentlemen? Uh, pals, gals, no, no, guys, Vades, gals, non-binary, ladies and gentle thems. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I have not heard that one. Yeah, that's charming. It is charming. Well, this is <laughs> the end of the episode. <laughs> Uh, we haven't ended an episode in a long time, so I don't We've know how it's forgotten done. Forgotten how? Follow us in all the places. Yes. Like and comment. Subscribe. Download. Say nice things. If you find cool uh, salt and pepper shakers, send them to me. Yeah, just send us free things. Send us free things. And until next time, <gasps> merry madmen Mad to all, and to all a good, good night. night. We remember. We know how this works. Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RadMadWomen. Production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.